I, I think most of us give up when it comes to prayer more for reasons like, well, I just didn't think about it. I just forgot. I, I just got busy. My day got started. My week got started. And I was kind of off and running. Some of us are very action-oriented, and so we, gotta, we get out of bed looking to start our agenda, right? Start checking off boxes. We have to-do lists, and, and we want to immediately start checking off boxes. And so we put our feet on the ground, and we're looking for something to do. And so for those who are wired that way, we might say, no, I don't think I always pray, and, and I, I don't think I never give up because... I'm ready to do something when I get up, and, and I can always pray later. Sometimes that's how we justify it in our mind. Well, I can always pray later, which is true. You can pray anytime. You, you could pray later. I, I just know often when we say, I can pray later, it doesn't always mean we're going to pray later. Right? Often, that's something I can get to, but it's not something I actually get to. Obviously, we're in church, uh, 11 o'clock Sunday morning, worship service. We're in church, and so no one is going to say, I just don't think prayer is that important at church. Maybe somebody's honest enough to say that. But most of us, Sunday morning, 11 o'clock at church, the topic of prayer comes up, and our response is, yes, that's important. Yes, we should do that. The challenge is... Making it just as important on Monday, or Tuesday, or Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, or Saturday. That, that we get up tomorrow with the same awareness that I need to be a person that always prays and never gives up. And if you're not that person, if it's a maybe for you, if it's a sort of for you, then I want to say two things to you. And one is, I am right there with you. I am right there with you when it comes to prayer. I, I, I don't think I will ever stand up and, and on the topic of prayer and say, got it all figured out. Like, I never stop praying. I'm always praying. For me, whether you want to know this about me or not, that's up to you. But for me, the discipline of prayer is one that I have to keep reminding myself of. I have to keep reading what Jesus said about prayer. I have to keep being reminded of the great saints who lived before us, who were just people of prayer, because I tend to be a little bit of that action-oriented person too. I tend to get up with a to-do list in my mind, with a schedule in my mind, like a lot of you. I get up and I got kids who have to be here, there, and everywhere. And so really for my whole life, this is one of those areas that I just have to keep reminding myself that this is important. And the other thing I would say to you, if you fit in my category, if you fit in my camp, I would say to you, Jesus knew that some of us would struggle with this. If you can admit today that you do struggle to consistently be a person of prayer I would say, well, Jesus knew that you were going to fit in that category. Jesus knew I was going to fit in that category because he tells this story and other stories like it. Jesus reminds us consistently, you got to pray, you got to pray, you got to keep praying. You can't give up in prayer. The story goes on. In a certain town, there was a judge 
who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming, him, coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. Only two characters in the story. There is a mean, grumpy judge, and there is an innocent widow who wants some action taken, wants some justice to be done on her behalf because she feels like she's been treated unfairly. This is one of uh, the, the stories of Jesus that, to me, is almost cartoonish in that the two characters are obviously good and bad. Like There's no mystery from the beginning of this story who the good person is and who the bad person is, and that's not always the case with Jesus' stories. Sometimes you're reading along and then the hero surprises you. I didn't expect that person to be the good person or the bad guy surprises you. I thought that was the good person, turns out to be the bad person. Not in this story. It's almost a caricature because we have this all bad person, doesn't fear God, doesn't even like people, doesn't care what anybody thinks, and we have an obviously innocent widow who continues to plea her case in front of the judge. Verse 4, for some time he, the judge, refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. Again, a little bit of a caricature, a little bit of a cartoonish picture that we have. This lady keeps coming again and again, and the judge finally says, I'm tired of being bothered by this person. She's a little bit crazy. I think she's a little unbalanced. She may come in one day and attack me. I'm just going to give her what she wants. And some translations say, she was wearing him down. But the word, the phrase actually means to give a black eye. The judge says, I don't know what this loose cannon is capable of. She's a little bit crazy, and I'm just going to give her what she wants to get her away from me. And chances are, at least some in Jesus' audience and some of you know exactly how the judge feels. I know the judge is the bad guy, but I kind of get it. Some of you get it because you have a crazy neighbor or a crazy co-worker or a crazy family member and they're going to ask and they're going to ask and they're going to bring it up and they're going to talk about it and you're going to get so tired of hearing from them that, that you're finally going to say, fine, right? Isn't that our, our phrase? Fine, I will do it. Okay, enough already. We kind of relate to that guy. We understand what it's like to be worn down by the incessant asking over and over again. Fine. But Jesus flips the story around on us. A lot of the parables that Jesus tells, a lot of the stories are stories of comparison. You're like this person and God's like this person. You fit in here, this person represents God. The part of God will be played by this person. They're comparison stories. But every once in a while, as in this story, Jesus tells a contrast story. Because He's trying to get us to see the nature of God 
by putting in front of us the exact opposite nature. This is a story of contrast. God is not like the judge. If you are a judge, even a grumpy, mean judge, and somebody asks and asks and asks, you might eventually get worn down and say yes. But what if the person that's asking you is somebody that you love, is somebody that you care deeply about, is, is somebody that you want their best interest, you want good to come to them? Wouldn't you be even more likely to listen to their request? Wouldn't you be even more likely to say yes to the things that they need? And if that's true, if God is not a mean, grumpy judge in heaven that we can wear down or bother or attack with our request, if He is instead... A loving Father who wants nothing but good for us, ultimately the best for us, then isn't that somebody we should freely and regularly come to with the needs of our life? Now, an interesting aspect of this story is that there is an obvious power differential between the widow and God. There's a difference in what the judge has the power to do, and what the widow has the power to do. As a matter of fact, they're almost the complete opposite. The judge has all of the power in this story. The widow has almost none of the power. It's an example of someone who has no resources, nothing to draw on, no power, no leverage, coming to the person that has all the power and all the leverage and saying, would you do this on my behalf? This is what prayer is like. Prayer is an acknowledgement of the power differential between God and me. It's an acknowledgement that I don't have all of the power. I don't have any of the power. But I get to ask, I, I get to come before the one who has all of the power. Now, it's that aspect of praying that makes prayer difficult for some of us. Because we've grown up in, we've learned that we are supposed to be responsible. We've learned that we're supposed to fix our own problems. We've learned that we're supposed to be self-reliant and self-sufficient. We think that other people expect us to have all of the answers. We've learned that not knowing or not being capable is a sign of weakness. And whereas there are some areas of our lives where those could be very good lessons, when it comes to prayer... We are in the exact opposite situation. We don't have ultimate power or control or ability or strength. Prayer is accepting that I'm finite, but acknowledging that the person I'm calling on, the being that I'm talking to, is infinite. I have limitations, I have boundaries, I do not have all the resources I need, I do not have all the strength that I need, I do not have all of the answers that I need. But the one that I get to appeal to any time that I want to, does. Which means, 
We don't have to save our prayer requests for just the really big problems of our life. We don't have to save up our requests. We don't want to bother God too much because when I really need Him, then I want to use my ask. Instead, every single day, we're acknowledging, God, I don't have everything that I need. I can't fix everything that's going on in my life. I I don't have the strength to overcome everything that I'm facing in my life. But you do. You you have all of that. And so I'm just going to keep asking and keep asking and keep asking. Now, here's a problem for some of us in this asking, in this praying discipline. Some of us struggle with prayer because it doesn't feel like we're doing anything when we pray. It doesn't feel like I'm accomplishing anything. I'm sitting by myself talking to someone that I can't see. Is that really doing anything? Is that really accomplishing anything. There's this whole discussion going on right now about whether you should, you should uh, post on social media thoughts and prayers when, when something bad happens. You, you've seen this discussion like thoughts and prayers don't accomplish anything, thoughts and prayers don't do anything. So there's that whole discussion going on and maybe we wouldn't join that discussion but there's a part of us that thinks what is it doing if I pray? If you think about this story, though, if this were a real story and the widow was a real person and and she was a real person that you knew, she was your sister, she was your friend, she was your neighbor, somebody that you cared about, and you were in this situation and there was an injustice visited upon her that could only be corrected by this judge you and I would probably tell her, you know what you got to do? You got to get up every morning. You got to go back to the courthouse. Every morning, you got to get up. You got to go back to the courthouse. You got to stand before that judge. And I know he said no, but you've got to plead your case again. And if he says no today, tomorrow, you got to get up. You got to go back down to the courthouse. You got to stand in front of that judge. We would see that as action. We would see that as doing something. Jesus is saying, this is what prayer is like. You sometimes begin to think that you're not doing anything but getting up and going before the God who loves you and making your request known is doing something. Now, certainly, prayer is not the only thing we can do in some circumstances. Often we pray and then we act in a way that moves toward the answers of our prayer. It's not the only thing that we do, but it is taking action. It is deciding, I'm going to get up every day and I'm going to go before the judge, the God, the Father that loves me. And if in that I find out there's something else I should be doing, then I'm going to do that next thing. Another aspect of this story is that we can't remove the theme of persistence because we want to interpret the story as, well, he's an angry judge, so she had to keep asking and asking and asking. We have a loving father, so we should just ask and get. But I don't think we can remove this issue of persistence because Luke said the whole point was that you should pray and not give up, which means there are going to be times you'll be tempted to give up. 
One time is not going to solve the problem. I like it when one prayer solves the problem, and sometimes it does. I like it when you pray one time, and then the answer comes. You pray at 9 o'clock, and at 9.15, the whole thing's solved. The relationship's fixed. Circumstances are better. You pray, and bam. Sometimes that happens, but not all the time. That's why we have the story. There is a need for you and I to consistently, repeatedly, persistently ask. And the need must be in us, not in God. God doesn't need to be reminded. He doesn't forget from the first time that you ask. But God does something in us as we continue to ask. One of the things we begin to realize when we practice praying this way, when we practice praying and not giving up, we begin to realize that God is always at work in the delay if there is a delay. If we pray and there's not an answer, and we pray and there's not an answer, and we pray and there's not an answer, that must mean God is doing something in this delay that I don't yet see. God is moving circumstances. God is doing a work. God is getting me ready for something in this delay. I learned to trust Him in that period of delay, which increases our faith. I think prayer, especially consistent, ongoing prayer, I think prayer is one of the most effective paths to greater faith. If you want to trust God more, learn to pray more. If you want to trust God more, if you want your faith in God to grow, then commit to daily, consistently having a conversation with Him. Because one of two things begins to happen. One is, I begin to to identify where God answered a prayer. And many of you have had this happen before in your life. You've prayed for something, and maybe it was once or ten times or a hundred times, but you prayed for something, and maybe not immediately, but at some point, God provided an answer, and immediately that impacted your trust of God, that impacted your faith in God. You knew God heard me. God responded. I can trust Him in this situation. I can trust Him in the next situation. But also what happens as we pray is when the answer delays, when it doesn't come immediately, because we're in relationship with God, because we're talking to God regularly, we gain the faith to know that we can trust Him until the answer does come. We can trust Him in that waiting period, however long that waiting period is going to come. We begin over time to not only trust God's delays, but we begin to trust God's no's. Because we've experienced God say no, and then realized later on that was the right answer. We've experienced God's no at one point, only to realize that God was giving us a better yes later on. God was doing something that we didn't know. We kept praying and praying and praying, and we didn't see what God was doing, but He was setting up something that we weren't even aware of. Prayer is one of the most effective ways 
to grow our faith. And that sort of growth, again, rarely happens in one prayer. It rarely happens because I prayed one time and then forgot about it. Or I prayed one time and figured God didn't answer, so I didn't pray anymore. That sort of growth typically happens because we always pray and we don't give up. And we always pray and we don't give up. Sometimes in this process of continual praying, our prayers start to change. We started out praying for this. We prayed for days, we prayed for weeks, maybe we prayed for months in this direction. And the more we prayed, and the more we understood the circumstances, and the more we understood the person that was involved in the circumstances, the more we began to pray for something different. God began to, to help us see what we actually should have been praying for in the first place. God began to expand our insight into whatever that circumstance is so that our prayers began to change. We began to change. Another benefit of continuing to pray and never give up is I start changing. My view of the person I've been praying for starts to change. My view of the circumstances, my view of the potential of that circumstance begins to change because I pray about it. Again and again and again, Jesus tells a story and says, look, he's a grumpy judge. He doesn't love God or even like people. This person asked enough that he finally gave her what she wanted. How much more does your loving father tune in when you start to pray? How much more does your loving heavenly father pay attention, go to work? Begin to bring about results because you pray consistently. Now, Jesus ends this story in an unusual way. Jesus ends this story with a question. He tells the whole story. Judge, widow, finally gives in. How much more would God do that for somebody that he loves? And then he asks, However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? And, and to understand the, the, the connection of that question, you have to know that back in chapter 17, people kept asking about the, the end of time, basically. <coughs> they kept asking about Jesus' kingdom. Jesus, you're a king. You keep talking about a kingdom that's going to come. What is life going to be like when that happens? What is it going to look like when this whole thing you're doing culminates? What is that going to be like? And so Jesus kept talking to them. Well, this is going to be like this. This is how it's going to happen. This is what you need to look for. And then he tells a story on prayer and ends that story with the question, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Which seems to be a warning. It seems to be a warning that the more time passes, the more difficult it's going to be to be a person that has this level of faith. The fewer people there are going to be who have enough faith to just keep praying, to be consistent 
in pray, even when they don't get an answer right away, that they would consistently pray. Will there be anybody who still has that level of faith? And the answer obviously is yes, because God always has a people. Like There are always going to be people who are committed to Him, but Jesus seems to be implying it's going to be fewer and fewer. And and maybe one of the reasons is when Jesus leaves the earth, there's no more physical presence of Jesus. So this act of talking to God is going to be much more of a spiritual act. And some people are just going to give up on it. Not only that, but the longer we go the more distractions there's going to be. Now, you fast forward from when Jesus asked this question up to 2019. And the reality is we can find most answers on our phone right now. Most of the answers that you have, that you need, you can Google. You can look up Wikipedia. You can go on WebMD and find all the things you're dying of, right? You can get all nervous that tomorrow's your day because you have a rash on your elbow, whatever it is. We can get all of these, and we have all of this information that we can get to quickly, which feeds into our notion of self-reliance. I can do it all. I can figure it all out. And begins to steal the awareness of our dependence on God. Not only that, we have plenty of work, and we have plenty of relationships. We have plenty of people to talk to and text. We have access to the internet and social media and games and anything else on our phone. iPhone 11 just came out, right? Any iPhone 11 people stand in line, get the new. Be happy to show you the 6S if you're interested in kind of downgrading. I got, it's right, I got it right back there if you want to see it. So the other thing is everything's always upgrading, right? There's always a new and a next and an upgrade, and you need this, and you need to be running at this speed, and now 5G's coming out. This, this constant race for faster and newer and more information. About 2,000 years ago, Jesus said, you know what it's going to be like at the end? People are going to be so busy and so distracted and pulled in so many different directions Will there be anybody that trusts God enough just to simply pray? To pray every day. To pray and never quit. To pray and be consistent. To pray when they get an answer. To pray when they get a wait. To pray when they get a no. Like how many will be left? It's kind of alarming that We live in a time where there's so many things pulling for our time and attention. There's so many ways to distract us. When Jesus said 2,000 years ago, here's what you need to do. You need to pray and not give up. You need to pray and not give up. Maybe there's some fancy prayer apps, but at the end of the day, I think Jesus would say, you know what you need to do? You just need to talk to God. You just just need to be in conversation with God every day. You need to bring your requests and your needs before God 
every day. And, and I told you at the beginning, like this idea is convicting to me because it's another reminder. You got to get back at it. This has to be a priority. This isn't a bonus. This isn't an add-on to your spiritual life. In so many ways, our prayer connection to God is at the heart of our spiritual lives. You know who we need to be? We need to be the crazy prayer people. The judge looks at this lady and says, I I, I don't know what to expect from her. She's, She's crazy, like all the time she's asking, all the time. And Jesus... My words, my translation, it's not, not going to find it in your Bible. But Jesus basically tells a story to say, you need to be the crazy prayer person. You, you need to be so convinced that your father is listening and cares and will respond according to his will and his purposes and what's best for you, will respond. You need to be the crazy prayer person. And if you need to reset that area of your life, this is the time to reset it. I mean, not on Sunday, but tomorrow, Monday. When you get up and you're not coming back to this place and we're not going to be talking about prayer, tomorrow is the time to reset this area of your life and to begin to always pray and never give up. Let's pray. God, I ask that you would help us in uh, a fast-paced, easily distracted world that we live in. God, I pray that you would help us always pray and never give up. I pray that you would deepen our faith as we learn to pray. Deepen our faith through answered prayer. Deepen our faith when we don't get an answer. Deepen our faith when the answer is no. Remind us that we can trust you. God, there are aspects and elements of prayer that I don't think we'll ever fully understand in this life. But we're told in Luke 18, the point is to always pray and never give up. So God, make us, make us crazy prayer people who call out to you, connect to you in prayer every day. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and worship together.